In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Ah, yes. Bye week is upon us and the Texans are three and three. Let's let's just start planning the parades, right? No, we're joking. We're not planning any parades. 11 more games to go, but we can all agree fun, fun times going on right now with the Houston Texans. Now, here's what we're going to do today on the show. I'm going to talk with John Harris, my brosif, for a good 15 minutes or so. We've got a cream of the crop player to select each of us. We've got an under the radar guy to watch for the final 11. So we're going to have fun chopping it up and discussing those things. And we're going to get wacky with offensive lineman Titus Howard. He is one of my all-time favorite Texans to interview. I've been with the team since 2009. Titus is always up for a good time. Titus is creative. Titus is funny. Titus will roll with the punches. Titus will surprise you. And this is a vintage Titus Howard interview. We did it right before the game last week. But really, there's nothing at all football-related in this interview. It's all just about his teammates, himself, some choices he would make if he were in some precarious situation. I'm just going to let you listen to it. And then, after Titus, we got a chance to go one-on-one, or I got a chance to go one-on-one again with the great Chris Myers. Now, if you don't know who Chris Myers is, shame on you. But when you hear his voice, you'll recognize him again. Chris Myers is the guy who's called three Texans games for Fox play-by-play this season. But, you know, I grew up knowing who he was as a Sports Center anchor back when Sports Center was, I think, at its best, and he was one of the best Sports Center anchors. Then in the late 90s, he interviewed the biggest names in sports on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. He was the lead into Sports Center. It was 4:30 Central Time, and it was it was appointment television. I mean, didn't matter who it was. It could be a commissioner of the NFL. It could be a boxer. It was everybody big who was somebody in the 90s got interviewed by Chris Myers. So he's got a really unique perspective on things. I asked him about C.J. Stroud in that regard, and then I asked Chris some really fun, kind of off the the beaten path type of questions about his career and getting into things, and then we wrapped it up with a uh, top five Myers rankings, and he's a good sport. He played along and had fun, but enough about that. Let's get into it. It's John Harris and I for our weekly In the Lab And here we go. And one final reminder before we get going, please do us a favor. Review this podcast. Rate this podcast. Comment on this podcast. Subscribe above all else. Subscribe to this podcast so you're always getting it every middle of the week, Wednesday. And we would really, really appreciate it. And if you got questions, I love hearing your questions. Tweet at me, at Doherty Drew, D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y-D-R-E-W. Okay, without further ado, let's get going. Man, Three and three, and the way we've gone about seeing this team getting the three and three, this is really fun. I joked about it when we uh, taped extra points this week with Vandermeer and ND Kalu. Uh, you're a guest on that show a lot, always a great yep. guest. But I joked, do you kind of wake up in the, in the morning sometimes and wonder, was it just a dream that we actually got D'Amico Ryan? Like, he's actually the head coach. This happened <laughs> because it seemed too good to be true, and then it happened, and then. It seemed too good to be true the way the draft went down, and it's kind of shaken out nicely through six. And I know there's 11 games left. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the Texans are a good team now, John. It's awesome. I'm loving this. You know what ends up happening, Drew? And I, I don't know the right way of saying this, but I woke up on Monday and I had to remind myself 
oh yeah, we won. Over the last three years, we've just been so conditioned. Uh, Monday, uh, we lost. It, mm-hmm. No matter what happened, we, we lost. It was just that way. We were conditioned to kind of think that way. I had to kind of remind myself on Monday, like, yeah, we won. Yeah, we, we won this game. We're three and three. And, you know, it was th- – there's – the one thing about it, Drew, that – there's so many different things, I guess I should say. But one thing that really stood out to me was the the joy on the sideline, the excitement on the sideline, and fans getting into the game again. And we've had so many different faces come through um, our building, on business ops in particular – um, even in football ops too, you know, guys that have come out of football ops, you know, equipment guys, um, trainers, you know, people we've gotten to know over the last couple of years. And I mean, even players, I remember we were talking to a player. This was, gosh, I don't remember probably back uh, media days back in June. And we were talking about, you know, playing at energy stadium. We're like, look, man, this thing rocks. And they're like, really? Because yeah. the last two, three years, what have they seen? It was a COVID year. And then there was 21 and then 22. And in one of those years were really good. Um, I'm like, yeah, this place will rock. And you're starting to see that and feel that again. Um, I would like for the volume of fans to increase, but the fans that are in there, they're leaving everything they've got in that building, man. And it's great. And these players are feeding off it. And there's just such a good, joyous vibe. Now, like you said, there are 11 games left, but this is the time where you step back and go, okay, I don't know how many people expected us to be three and three. I mean, who had, who had us three and three? Um, through six. And there were some people I know CBS Sports had us at seven and ten. But even at seven and ten, did they think we'd be three and three versus the schedule that included the Ravens, the Steelers, the Saints, the Falcons, um, and of course the Colts? Uh, I don't know that anybody would have had us three and three. I mean, even your most ardent supporters, even you and I, who want to see the Texans do well. I I mean, look. If you get to two and four, you got to feel good because of what you got coming back on the, the second half of the schedule or the other half of the schedule, I guess. I don't know how you want to say that. It's not really a half, but. I'm calling it a chunk. You know that, yeah, a chunk. Get, chunk. There you go. We had like a small chunk and big chunk. So we got the small chunk out of the way and then we got a big chunk. Yeah. Um, but because we have nine home games, um, we end up having six, we're six and five, six, six home, five road. Um, yeah. And I, you know, hopefully that'll bode well. I think these guys are getting excited about playing at home and I think that that's going to help and look it's not going to be a a rose garden look we got a lot of rookies that are going to be playing the longest season of their lives so how do they react how does CJ react you know in games 14 15 16 Mm -hmm. you know the those are going to be those gonna be difficult games for the rookies and getting by them and hopefully those games are going to mean something so there's a lot to do but if we don't step back and after all that we've been through the last three years in particular, Drew, kind of step back and go, you know what? I'm happy to be here at three and three. I am too. I am too. I I knew when when D'Amico was hired and he started assembling that coaching staff, I knew this is going to be a better team no matter what. No right. matter what happens in the draft, this team will be better. This will be, team will be improved. Now, I thought, and after the draft, I thought, okay, there's going to be some lumps. You're going to take your lumps. It's going to be... Uh, tough, but I'm not stunned by the start. Didn't predict it, but I'm not stunned by it. It makes sense right. to me based on what we've seen. And it's it's also delicious because, as you know, I'm a dork about the mock draft trackers. I compile all those. And really since, what was the draft? April 28th, 29th. So basically yeah. since May 1. About then. Basically since May 1 until about a week or two ago, every all but 
maybe two or three of the mock drafts that come out early had yep. the Texans in the one or the two slot. Really, the Cardinals picking because they just assumed, oh, the Texans are going to be the one of the two worst teams. They're not anywhere right. near that. And that's right. delicious. So I love, yeah. love seeing that. All right. Yep. Cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Who do we got for you against the Saints? Who was your cream of the cropper? The cream of the crop. Well, I kind of feel like uh, I'm going to leave one for you. So I'm going to go with one maybe off the beaten path a little bit. Okay. I think there are a few players you can take. Maybe the one that that I, I believe you're going to take um, because he was straight cash, homie. I'm going to go with Sheldon Rankins. It's a good one. And I know Sheldon got his first sack of the year. But to me, it's more than that. It was it's the way he's played the last few weeks. And he's sort of toiling in anonymity, which I, I hate because he's playing his guts out. Yeah. And I know when I know what ends up happening with free agency. People equate free agency dollars to some quantitative metric. Pay him fifteen million dollars a year. Oh, twenty sacks. Like oh in <laughs> right, that's right, not right. the position. That's not that's not what that position calls for. What that position calls for is disruption, pursuit, um, dominate at the point of attack. And Sheldon's done that. And he's done it very quietly, but he start he's starting to make a little bit of noise. And I thought he was tremendous against the Saints. I in fact sought him out in the locker room because I wanted to tell him that. The sack was great. The sack was it's Aaron Donald's jump through cross chop move. But then he didn't quite get all the way through it. But when he landed kind of with his jump jump through, he burst right past Cesar Ruiz and then snatched Derek Carr down. I mean, that was – I mean, he snatched a 210-pound man just right to the ground. Like, it's remarkable. Um, I just feel like he's playing as good a ball as possibly could be. And, and maybe I'm glossing over Malik Collins, who I know has played very, very well. He got half a sack the other day. Malik has played well. But I think we talk about Malik a lot. I don't think we've or anybody really has mentioned how well Sheldon Rankins is playing. So uh, like our friends Landry and John say, nobody talking about guy. Maybe that's me with Sheldon Rankins, but I think Sheldon Rankins has been frigging awesome for this team and been great. And you talked about his comments in the locker room about, Hey, we're not, we're not here to rebuild, man. We're winning yeah. games. We're here to be a factor in this whole thing. And I, I love that mentality. I love what Sheldon Rankins has given this team. Yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. It's a good cream of the cropper. I'm going to go with, like you said, Cash Me Outside, Blake Cashman. Yep. The cream of the crop. Doesn't get much better than that in a week. 15 tackles, a couple of pass breakups, the big, big stop at the end with Shaq Griffin. He's everywhere. And this is who we've seen. This is what we've seen from him all since late July. That's who Blake Cashman has been. He was picking passes off during the, uh, Early days of training camp, he had the yep. injury, so he missed some preseason time. But he was a disruptive force, a playmaker, a difference maker, just like we saw the other day. And he told me back in May, back in in late July, he said, listen, they they came in, these new coaches, and they identified some things. They looked at the tape, and they said, you're going to play strong, strong side, you know, the same linebacker spot. I don't – you know, he'd been – kind of cross-trained at every position on the inside or yep. the off-ball linebacker, whichever defense you want to call. But he would kind of had to know all of them. And they said, forget about that. Focus on strong, the Sam spot, own the Sam spot, and he's done that. And it's a de defense he played in, kind of started in. Not not started in, but he, he began his career in with the Jets under Robert Sala. 
you know, that, that year he, he was there and then he comes here yep. for a year or so he's under lovey. He's having a great, great start to this season. He's a, a good choice. He's my cream of the crop or I'm going to go with Blake Cashman. So let's move on over this final 11. Who's your under the radar Texan to watch. You kind of just gave us one in Sheldon Rankin. So this last 11, who we got to keep our eyes on and CJ Stroud is an obvious choice, but let's go under the radar. Well, there's one name that stands out to me. And I think he, when I say his name, I be like, well, he's not under the radar, but who the hell is talking about Shaq Mason? Yeah. Really, nobody. Oh, there's problems in the run game. Well, it's this guy, it's that. It's this, it's like, I mean, it's offensive lines issue. I mean, nobody really is talking about how well Shaq's playing. I mean, when they ran the ball well in that first half, man, there were a couple of blocks that Shaq had that just, I mean, I could feel them from where I was <laughs> in the sideline. I mean, he, he really popped guys when he was pulling around and making blocks. And look, it hasn't been perfect. Um, it's not going to be, and it hasn't been. I mean, the results on the run game have not been tremendous, but I just feel like Shaq Mason, and I don't know how this configuration of the line will go. I know two things. I know Laramie Tunsil will play left tackle, and I know Shaq Mason will play right guard. And I don't want to take Laramie for granted ever, but Laramie, we talk about Laramie a lot. I don't want to take Shaq Mason for granted either because what he's brought to this team, you know, it makes you wish, man, I wish we had him two, three, four years ago because he's he's something else. I mean, he is just an exceptional player, great feet, can fit into any of the scheme that you want. If you want to run some zone game and do it with Devin Singletary, okay. You want to run some power and some gap stuff where he's got to pull around, uh, Shaq does, and you do that with Damian Pierce, man, he's good, and Shaq's good at that. So, And I think whoever plays center, whether Jarrett continues at center, whether Juice comes back, I, I don't know how that's going to all go together. I really don't. I don't know whether Titus will bounce back over to right tackle or not. I just know that the one guy that has been in the lineup from the day he got here and hasn't been out of that lineup is Shaq Mason. And he's gotten better and better in the scheme. And I saw him in a locker room the other day, and I, he's got such a bright smile. And he just – it just feels like a lot of these veterans – I can imagine there were some veterans that are kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign with Houston. And there were some people going, what are you doing? I'm sure they got questioned by a lot of people, like, why are you going there? What are you going to do there? And you look up and you see these veterans. I mean, Robert Woods told Ty Dunn, like, yeah, I, I, I like it here. I'd like to stay here. Um, and I think yeah, that's a cool Schultz, article by Ty Dunn, by the way. Those yes, really good very good. Um, so there's there's just a lot there. And I just get the impression that Shaq likes being with Titus. And he likes being with Laramie. I mean, I see those three together. They, they're they like everywhere together. And I just feel like Shaq brings so much to that offensive line that we just haven't talked about. And maybe some of that is just how many people are watching the offensive line. I mean, I'm the dork of the group, so I do it. But I love it because that, to me, is where the game is played, and I think Shaq has played it very, very well. So I'm going to go under the radar for the final 11, Shaq Mason. I like In large part, because I don't know how that configuration is going to go. That's good. And it's been there's been so many iterations of the line so far this year. So he's been the glue. He's been the, you know, he and hard enough to believe Jared Patterson have been the uh, the constants there. Constants, yeah. On the inside, yeah. All right. I... I guess you can't really say this under that, but I'm going to make him under the radar. Derek Stingley Jr. Whenever he returns, ooh, ooh. Okay. whenever he returns, what sort of piece is he to the puzzle there on defense? I thought he had started out and looked very nice in what he had done in the first first part of his season uh, that he played in, and he was looking good, I thought. So yep. you add him to a secondary, I think, that has performed very nicely so far. 
a defense that has performed very nicely so far. Steven Nelson's been outstanding, and now you add in Stingley with what we think he can be and who he has been. Give yep. me give me Sting. Let's see what that does. and the, Let's see what that does for the pass rush. You got yep. better coverage, a little bit better coverage. And that's no knock on anybody else, but let's see what he does with, when you got your full deck in the secondary there. Yeah, absolutely. I think – and, you know, it's it's interesting when you bring up, uh, you know, a guy like Sting because, you know, guys that right now are on IR are kind of out of sight, out of mind. I hate that. But, you know, Hassan Ridgeway is a guy we haven't talked about. And yeah. what could he yeah. bring back to this defensive line? Drew Scruggs we haven't mm-hmm. uh, seen in a while, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see him soon. And when we do, we're going to see a different type of center than Jared Patterson. And I don't know if they'll just move Juice to guard uh, and Titus was over. I don't know, but – but it's those guys that are kind of on IR right now, and you're going, oh, man, I forgot about – yeah, I forgot about Ridgeway. I actually had to tell myself today, like, oh, yeah, son Ridgeway's on, on IR. Hopefully he can come back um, soon because he, he's he got the size and the girth that we don't have on that on that defensive line. We've got quickness and athleticism and some strength. We don't have size, and Ridgeway at least gives us a little bit of that. So, you know, bringing up Stingley I think is a great one, Drew, because – we kind of forgot about it with the way Steven Nelson mm-hmm. and Shaq Griffin have played. But if you add Sting to those two, now all of a sudden you got something, man. You definitely have something. What you're going to see is, I mean, probably as soon as this next game, because you have the, the this Sunday off and then, you know, a week from Sunday you're in Carolina, you're going to see some really notable names on the inactives list. Guys that are really have been contributors and, are, and yep. will contribute to most teams. There's just, you know, a glut of people. So they're going to be, the odd men out for that game. And, and that's going to switch. That'll change about around a bunch. And, you know, other guys are going to get, get injured to, to take those spots, but it's going to be one of those things where you have that good problem in which there's good players that aren't going to play because you've, you're starting to build up that quality depth. But anyway, that's absolutely we're, we're digging. Uh, in the you hit it. There. You hit it. Absolutely. My dude, always good to talk with you. Have a great, weekend off i'm guessing you're just what you're gonna jet to fiji something like that just chill on the beach for a few days uh, on your private jet i might chill at the beach but it might be uh that galveston beach um my right. daughter my wife and daughter are coming in on tuesday night so i'm excited about that they'll be here for a week which will be kind of fun me my wife vita and i and the five staples in my head we're gonna go to <laughs> maine and uh, we're going to have a nice – we're going to see some foliage up in New England. So You're going I'm, to Maine. Wow. I am. I am. Yeah. She's always wanted to go. I've, You know, I have two, but she's like, we're going. This is what we're doing. So uh, she says, I, Drew, I it's listen. Awesome. I it's, can't wait. Maine is – now, it's the best to me in summer. But if you're going in the fall, the, you're right. The foliage is going to be freaking awesome. Really good. Wait. Yeah. John, always fun with you. Have a good yeah, one. Man. Now we're going to kick it over to a dude who's not just great at blocking, but he's good at recovering fumbles. It's Titus Howard. So please enjoy this conversation that gets really, really weird with offensive lineman Titus Howard and me. (laughs) Nobody answers the tough questions better than Titus Howard. So Titus, a knife, a fork, or a spoon? The rest of your life, you only get one. Which is it? I'm gonna go a fork. How come? Uh, you can eat with a fork. You can stab someone with a fork. You can do everything with a fork. If you need a fork to uh, hold up a picture, you can stick the fork down, prop it up. So I mean, a fork can do everything, but a spoon can't. 
You're crafty. I wouldn't have thought about that with the picture. Yeah. That's good stuff. I like that. <laughs> On the subject of food, let's say you and your teammates all work in an office environment. Which of your teammates is most likely to get the fish dinner from the night before, microwave it in the break room, and then eat it in his cubicle for everyone to smell? Gotta go with Jimmy Morrissey. Really? Yes. Wow. Gotta okay. go with Jimmy. I mean, because I feel like every time we go out to dinner, he always ordered fish. Yeah. So he's probably the only one that's going to eat fish. Is he the type of guy that orders fish at a steakhouse? Yes, every time. Oof. What do you have to say about people that do that? Weird. Yeah, I agree. Very weird. That's the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's rank the Howards. Titus Howard, Howard Stern, Ryan Howard from The Office, Howard University, and Howard the Duck. How does that all shake out? Got to go with Titus Howard first. Good confidence. Mm. Got to go with Ryan Howard second. He's okay. one of my favorite. Which Ryan Howard you say again? From The Office. Oh, just because he's a Texan, I'm going to go with him too. No, 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 no. Not oh, this now office. this off the show, I'm the, office? About the show, the office. Oh, yeah. nah, he got to go last. I'm not watching that. <laughs> That's how I don't even know what he is. I'm not watching it. So I'll go with Howard Stern. Okay. It is Howard Stern, the same Howard Stern that was like on The Avengers and shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, he's got the. Oh, don't worry. It's all right. We have fun on this show. Yeah. Uh, okay. This, this is the guy that interviews all the, the famous people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I go him, too. Okay. Who else we got? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, Howard University. Ooh, I got to switch it up. Okay. Howard University, too. Okay. HBCU. All right. Yeah, we'll get I went to HBCU, mm -hmm. so Howard University, too. Let's go Howard the Duck, three. Uh, Howard Stern, mm -hmm. uh, four. And then let's go uh, this, whoever this Ryan Howard guy is. He was five. a guy that was always going out with, with uh, Kelly Kapoor. You're on a you're on a deserted island. Mm. Do you want one of those souped up Swiss Army knives with a bunch of stuff, or do you want a lighter? Which one? I'm gonna go with a knife. Yeah. Got to. Okay. I think I can find a way to start a fire. Well, you could chop some stuff up. A lot of those knives they have those little magnifying glasses too. Yeah. Like, boom. You know? I mean, what I'm gonna do with a lighter other than start a fire? So I mean. That's right. But the that. fire could get you off the island. Uh, and keep you warm at night. But if I could start a fire with the magnifier, I can also protect myself and get off the island. That's right. Yeah. And make huts and stuff. You know. So. Shelter. Okay, you can only pick one of your teammates to help you get off the island. Who's the teammate you're choosing? I gotta go with my boy LT. Yeah? Got to. Okay. You think he can handle himself in a rugged wilderness sort of situation? Yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> All no, right. So, so That's your guy. That's that, guy. That'll work. When's the last time you sang? Ah, it's been a minute. Yeah? It's been a minute. My voice kind of changes, cracking a little bit, so I ain't got it in me no more. Well, we just were doing this interview after you've taken a shower. Are you not singing in the shower? Ah, uh, no, nah, it's not with all the fellas in there. It's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of iffy. Has it always been that way, or did you used to sing in the shower around the, around, you know, like locker room environment? Uh, I sing around in the locker room a little bit, yeah. but not in the shower. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Who on offense would be the best player if the defense needed him for us, like a series, hey, we're mm. down a man. We need we need this guy out there. Who's gonna? Who's that's, gonna... A, that's a good one. Yeah. If I would had to say, I would either go with putting me on the D line. Uh huh. I got the pass rush moves. Right. Or I'm gonna put Nico Collins at safety. Oh, okay, rangy, good rangy. hands. Rangy. Not afraid to mix it up. Yeah, not afraid to mix it up. Can go get the ball. Mm -hmm. So. I know you and played. We're both from Alabama, so. And you're both from Alabama. Yeah. Now I know you played quarterback in high school. Did you play? Did you play defense? I played defense? safety a little bit. Played safety, okay. Yep. But you never had, never, never on the defensive line. No, never on the defensive line. I only started liking the defensive line 
when I started playing offensive line. Right. So I, I would always like like the pass rush moves. So I would practice them. Yeah. And now you know what to. Now I know. What to you know for. what gives other guys fits too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Best Halloween candy of all time. <sighs> that's tough. Mm. Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Like going in the bucket. Going if I'm in the going in a bucket, me personally, I'm not a big chocolate fan. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going, I'm looking for like Starburst. Sour candies, like even Jalen uh, Petrie, he said the same thing last week. When we he did, yeah. yeah. The, either the Starburst, the Skittles, or something, something sour, like the uh, Warheads that he's having that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, those are something like that. Lemon drops. I'm not really going for the chocolate. Nothing wrong with that. You're yeah. not alone. Okay, what's the worst thing to get in the set? It doesn't have to be candy, because sometimes there's weirdos out there that give you like a toothbrush. The worst thing? Yeah. Candy corn. You don't like candy corn? I think candy corn might be the worst candy on the planet. Either candy corn or sweetest fish. You don't like Swedish fish either. Only, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like only older people like Swedish fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I tell George fan, like when he be in the room, he like, hey, pass me the Swedish fish. I'm like, bro, you showing your age. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm old too. I like those both. <laughs> what's, the best, what's the best Halloween costume you've ever worn? I got a story about Halloween costume. I was in like middle school and my mom had got me this Superman costume. I didn't have muscles. I just had the costume, but I didn't have muscles. <laughs> I got to school, I walk around with my Superman costume on, and I'm looking at all the other guys, I'm like, dang, they Superman costume got muscles. <laughs> and I'm like, skinny, like, so I'm like, dang. Like, I feel embarrassed. So I go back up to the office, I call my mom, like, hey, you gotta bring me a Superman costume with muscles. I'm not going back to class with no muscles. So she brought me a new costume that had muscles in it. So like, I always remember that. So that's probably my favorite one. All right, then we yeah. gotta take a, sh- you gotta take a look into this camera lens here and thank your mother. That is like one of the coolest things. Thank ever. you, mom. That's a, that's a power mom move right there. Yeah. I like that. Water slides, you like them? I do, but I'm too big for them now. <laughs> really, you can't go on any? I don't even trust it. You don't? I don't. All right. I like them though. I used to ride them all the time. Yeah. Pools. Pools or <laughs> the beach? Uh. <laughs> I'm more of a pool type of guy because it's controlled. Yeah, yeah. I like the beach though, but I really don't get in the water. But you don't know what's lurking out there, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna choose pool. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. It's always fun when you do these interviews. I'm yes, sir. No problem. It's like I said, man. At the outset, Titus Howard is one of the best interviews I've ever had, and I've done that Drew's dozen with him about four or five times now since he was a rookie and every time it's fun he's sung a bunch for me he's had some jokes he's he's really good stuff and thanks again to Titus and can't wait to see what he does the second chunk of the season the final 11 games he's going to be moving around I think on the offensive line which has done a pretty good job so far in 2023 okay let's switch things up Chris Myers play-by-play voice for the last game for Fox when the Texans beat the Saints. He also called the game at Jacksonville. That was a win. And then he was here in week two in Houston calling the the, the game against the Colts. So he's got a unique perspective on the Texans in that regard from a national standpoint. He's got a really cool perspective knowing what he's done in his career. He was a sports center anchor, late 80s, early 90s. And then he interviewed a who's who Monday through Friday, all year round, leading into sports center in the latter part of the 90s. Everybody big in sports at that time, Chris Myers interviewed, and he even is pals with Bill Murray. We're going to get into that. We're going to do some uh, top five Myers rankings, and we're going to start out by talking about what he thinks about C.J. Stroud and how he compares with some of the greats of the past. Enjoy 
this interview with me and the great Chris Myers. What stands out to you the most about the progress of this team and the progress of this, this whole program that Domingo Ryans is running? Yeah, I mean, two things jump out. I mean, I don't know what I expected right away when they lost that 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 opener or that early game that we did, but I thought the defense would be better. I knew they had a lot of injuries, and the defense has gotten better. I mean, they're a top you know top ten or right right close to that in terms of rankings, and you can see the improvement. And part of that is getting the right people healthy, uh, of course. So that jumps out. But the biggest thing too is 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 CJ Stroud. I mean, uh, I, I thought he'd be good. I thought he'd be okay. And again, with a beat up offensive line, lack of a running game, all these things. I mean, it's impressive. Uh, I know the yardage and no interceptions and touchdowns, but but how he's in the games we saw, uh, the accuracy, the ball placement, the, the different kinds of passes, whether he needs to fire one, you know, air it out long, float one, short touch, whatever, uh, connecting with his with his receivers and, and just in talking to him and listening to his, when we didn't do their games, his yeah. news conferences or press uh, conferences have, have stood out. You really got a franchise quarterback. I mean, I know it's early and a lot can change, but he has it on the field physically, uh, which, you know, some people are concerned about. And then the mental part of it, he, he seems to be gobbling that up and, and working to get better. So those those are encouraging signs. Yeah, I want to stick with that because you've got a really unique perspective on things in that regard you've been in all these production meetings before a game where you interview the guys and they give you a little bit more than they would the regular media and then you you made a living in the late 90s as an interviewer with huge personalities I mean from the sporting world and 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 externally so what have you picked up when you've talked to him when you've had that kind of more intimate time with CJ Stroud when you're in these production meetings knowing what you've seen over the last 30 40 years as, as a journalist yeah, and I'm not comparing him to these guys, but right, I know. Right, right. and, and yeah, and he finally admitted it. It's funny, Drew. He admitted, "Hey, I'm a I'm a perfectionist. You know, sometimes it's not easy." And that's something Troy Aikman. I was there in the draft room when he was selected. Worked alongside of him, covered his games, interviewed him. Jerry Rice is another one. They were perfectionists, and and obviously they had skill and they had other things. But boy, that that jumps out at you. When somebody has, obviously, he's got the arm and the, and the physical size, C.J. Stroud. So uh, it was it was interesting to see that almost meticulous of, uh, about things. Sometimes that can annoy people. Uh, sometimes and he and he said he'll he'll push himself, and that's what you do. I remember Jerry Rice telling me, "I line up." This is even after his, you know, decade Super Bowls. That he said, "I line up. To, I don't care who the corner is across from me, and I I have to remind myself that in this game, in this moment, I haven't done anything yet." You know, it's like, wow, you really still yeah. do that. And he he was saying that. So. I don't know if CJ Stroud has all that, but but CJ's got he, is some of that, and that's one of the things—the little personality things that I always enjoy looking for when I interview athletes in a longer format, or coaches, or you know, uh, commissioners, what owners of teams. Uh, so that's an intangible that jumped out. It's funny when we had him the first. It was the second game going into Jacksonville, which was a terrific performance all the way around for the team. But uh, mm-hmm. I, was I think I think I said in the production meeting a little bit about, hey, you know, you really don't run much. And, you know, and, and the analyst said, Robert Smith said, well, he didn't do that at Ohio State. And, and he kind of said, we, we, you know, well, we don't do that here. He didn't want to do it. Not, not that he's a running quarterback, but I thought in some cases you see guys just get that extra, whether it's a Baker Mayfield, what he does for Tampa. And then I'm, I'm seeing a little more of that, believe it or not. Yeah. Not that I'm taking credit for it, but I, I think he's like, I've proven myself as a passer. You know, people don't have to doubt me there. So I'm going to do, and this is the attitude, do whatever it takes to win, which is which is where, really where he's at. So that's one of the things uh, that, that's kind of jumped out at me. All right, let's veer off course. We had a lot of fun talking with you, all the stuff you've done in your career. 
I got a nice question from our play-by-play voice, Mark Vandermeer. He wants to know when you were a Sports Center anchor, those this is Sports Center commercials, some of the best TV of all time. What was your most this is Sports Center actual moment when you were working there? Like, you know, well, they they joke around and they have the mascots doing paperwork. I mean, what did you see when you right. were in those offices up there that was like, oh, this is kind of like those commercials we make? There's some funny stuff. I well, I'll be a little bit of a, a inside information before they hired out. It was the group that I believe did the Nike, the early Nike spots, mm-hmm. and I forget. I want to say Wyden and Kennedy or something like that. That's who has been hired to do those, from what I remember, uh, to do those sports center spots. But the very first two were done by Dan Patrick and I, and they were kind of home cooked, and they were kind of they weren't called. They, they evolved from this is Sports Center to. Uh, I, I'm on sports center. I'm in the game with sports or something like that. And mine was a guy catching a pass and he runs to me in the middle of the, uh, and I, and I forget how we did it, but it was shot way, way early. They only ran a little bit before they changed the idea. And I forget the one that, that Dan Patrick had. So they were really clever, but as far as the actual moment, uh, gosh, there's, uh, there's quite a few. I, I think the biggest thing was remember when they started out, it was kind of a cable operation, ESPN that people didn't know or believe in or trust or whatever. They didn't get it on their on their cable system. A lot of people have grown up and it's automatic with ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. But when you would go out and run into uh, star athletes or coaches who would hear ES, and they would say, hey, I, and they would quote what you guys, what we said <laughs> on SportsCenter in the early years, you go, wow, this to me, that, that registers as a sport. People really are you know, yeah, there's an audience with sports fans, but well, when a head coach of a college basketball team or Frank Robinson, Hall of Fame player who was managing back at the time, at first he joked, is ESPN, is that a cable chess, a Spanish uh, channel? No, I know it's, uh, it's why I watch you guys, whatever. Uh, and then <laughs> comments that you would make and, and, and kids at, at colleges or universities watching late night sports center would put up signs that kind of, you know, you're connecting with your audience. To me, that was probably uh, what, what was a sports center moment. Good question though. Yeah. 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 You, you- you went from WWL, which is a, it's the flagship station basically in New Orleans of TV. You went from there to Bristol, right? I mean, what, how how easy was that move? How how much were you doubting that move? Like, what was that like going through that process? Was that like, heck yeah, I hit a home run or what? <laughs> well, I, there was a move in between uh, as ESPN oh, was established. No, and it was with ESPN, you're right, but it was, they, they were trying to build up their, they didn't have any reporting bureaus, right? They just had the sports center in Connecticut and guys doing highlights. And so they, they had uh, Jimmy Roberts starting in New York and they asked me, that's what was my first job. Would you be our West Coast correspondent? You have to move awesome. out to LA and cover the West Coast as a reporter. So I was giving up a really good anchor position, uh, well paid, and it wasn't really even about the money. But but I was kind of not. I was like, yeah, I, you know, love covering the West Coast. But I think I believed in in where ESPN was going as a as a growing sports network and to cover to to be able to cover sports on a national scale. So that was kind of a a no brainer. And then I did that for a few years, happened to win an Emmy. Uh, and then that's when they said, would you like to come back and anchor a sports center? And even though I enjoyed the West Coast and the warmer weather, since I'm originally from Florida, I was like, yeah, no, that's part of the advancing forward. And that's where I got to do sports center for a few years before coming back to the West Coast in L.A. to do up close with Roy Firestone. So, yeah, there's often little career tipping points and moves that, you know, uh, at first you start out in local TV saying, I want to get to a bigger market, bigger market, that kind sure. of thing. Uh, and then you and then you see the growth of, you know, wow, ESPN, it's all sports. I'm not going to be cut. You know, my my sports time on the local news isn't going to get cut because of a traffic jam, you know, on the, <laughs> on the highway. So because whatever it is, we're going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk sports all the time. So that's kind of 
that's kind of what drew me in when they when that became a reality. And, and then since then, of course, an NFL network, a, a network for all sports, tennis, whatever you want, NBA. Uh, so it really has ha, has changed in that regard. But yeah, that was a you know one of those career moves. And an, actually, the agent, I guess ESPN saw a tape that I did. It's funny you mentioned the Saints. It was the Jim Mora coaching staff with the Saints that got them their first winning season. But none of the guys on the staff. Uh, had ever Dom Capers was one of them had ever played in the NFL and so that was a story I did it was like well these guys are doing well but none of them played in the NFL was called I never played the game the little feature and so ESPN saw that I think talked to him I found uh, had a, a agent who said yeah they're interested da, 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 and it developed uh, from there so long answer uh, but but you have the background son of a gun wow that's really cool okay well, rewind all the way back oh what's that I said, when you tell me your story, it's interesting. So it's funny where people land where they want to and how oh, they yeah. find an avenue to do what you like to do. So Absolutely. Yeah, you go, we go far back and, and there's always pathways if you stay in the game. What was the first time you went on air? And it was, I mean, I know you, you probably did audition tapes, but when was the first actual on air experience for you before all that? Well, you mean, oh, you mean in local TV or? Yeah, yeah. Or any oh, TV. Really. Okay. Yeah, I boy, I was doing a local radio in Miami, and then that's how I kind of got hired, and I had to kind of put together, uh, I was still in college, I had to put together a, a, a reel, an on-air, so I had to use the, the junior college cameras and crew uh, to sit <laughs> at a desk and, and voice over highlights, because in the in the Miami community, it's a bigger, big market, they were like, well, we know you know sports, we hear you on the radio as a, as a teenager or whatever, but now you're, I think I was 20 at the time, 20 or 21, and I was still in college. But they're like, well, can you do TV? And so I, that, that kind of got me in the door to be on, uh, to, to get an audition and then do weekends for them and part time. So uh, that I would say the rush of sports, what I like about sports, whether watching on TV or as a, as a fan, you know, in person, or, and I, and I didn't play, I played a little bit in high school and stuff like that, but I knew it wasn't really good. But, but I still get that, I still get that same kind of rush when the light and the microphone comes on for us, you know, to, to broadcast sure. it, whether it's you and I talking, whether it's me calling a game, whether it's me interviewing somebody, uh, that has never gotten old. There, there's a lot to it. So I, I think that that kind of rush that I had as a, as a young person, even talking on the radio about sports, wow, people are listening and, and we're, we're live. That's another big element. If you can be as live as you can, and even if you're taping something, that live to tape uh, means, means a lot, that kind of energy. Um, that's kind of what that all felt like and still feels like in the variety of things that, that, that I ended, have ended up covering and calling. All right, I got two more, and then I'm setting you free, I promise. But <laughs> you describe that rush. How does that rush, when the light goes on, compare to the rush I'm assuming you get when you're talking with or interviewing Bill Murray? Because that's a unique individual, a sharp individual. I, I've heard he can be a prickly pear at times. What's it like <laughs> rush-wise comparing the two? Because you've been around him a little a time or two. Yeah, yeah, we've become, you know, we've interviewed him for, for work and situations, the job, and then we've hung out and played golf and, and gone to some concerts and some other things. And, uh, you know, he's been around my, my kids, I've been around his family and his brothers, and uh, they're, they're, they're a hoot, but you're always on, you, you hit on it. He can be, boy, very difficult, but he's very smart, very astute, and a very knowledgeable sports fan. So you're kind of always on edge in, in a fun way because you're right. waiting for that line. Is he, because he's so smart. Is that a, is that a really accurate observation that that's a, you know, an overview or is that a funny sarcastic type of thing? And is he going to do something even crazier? I just example, we, 
he calls me to play. He's out in LA, Southern California. I said, Hey, I got a tea time down at some, where I don't know, John Wayne had a house back in the day, some golf. So I show up and there's four people. Somebody's it was, a, it was an heiress from some dairy flag. Another one was a, like a political. And so we get in the car. So I don't know these people at all, but we get in. And so Bill's thing is every like six holes, we all have to rotate. So you're in the cart with somebody different. You mm-hmm. move your club. So you get to know them a little bit better uh, as we're all, you know, golfing. And it was just kind of, I'm like, why are we changing back? I don't know that phrase like that. Just, <laughs> you know, just ride. So, and then by the end, we all know each other better, right? And he can make jokes the whole time. So anyway, he is, he's, uh, he's a really interesting guy uh, and, uh, and a fascinating guy, talented guy. Uh, and and I, you know, I, I'm really grateful for the years I got to know him, not just through sports, but, but, but otherwise, because he's been, uh, you know, I think I've told you before, he's, he's often, often given me advice on, so he'll call and say, hey, I saw this interview with Derek Jeter, you didn't ask this, you should have asked really? that. You know, when I was doing the OJ Simpson interview beforehand, he heard I was going to do it, he called up, I don't know if I told you this, and he said, no. hey, there's a, there's a book you should read, because he's, you know, he's going to be a lot, it's called How to Talk to Your Children, so they'll listen, and how to listen, so your children will talk to you, something like that, I I have it's an old paperback. I had to dig up, and, but it helped me to, you know, with OJ because he's the, the lawyer said he's he believes his own lies and he's going to spin it and make you look stupid. So it helped me handle that part of the interview. And that was all a, you know, Bill Murray observation. It's, uh, yeah, oh, it's a lot of God. those little things along the way. Yeah. That's a hell of a guy to have giving you advice. I mean, like, because that's, <laughs> yes. that's coming out of left field, but it's, it was very prescient. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, no, and that's how, and that's how he is. And he'll say, Hey, you know, there's a job. I, don't do anything just for money. You know, obviously you got to, you know, financially take care of yourself, but you'll end up paying in different ways. It's not worth it. I mean, little things that just naturally come out uh, in a account where I'll say, hey, what do you think about this? Or uh, you know, covering that. And, I, and when I was hesitant, when some people said you shouldn't do the OJ interview, he was like, absolutely. You gotta go, go do this. This is a, an opportunity. Just, just do it the best you can. So anyway, yeah, he, yes. yes, he's an interesting guy, funny guy. All right. Well, going from, uh, the OJ interview discussion into this, we'll, we'll finish with this very serious, hard hitting stuff. We're going to rank the five Myers and they don't all have the same spelling, but you're in there. So it's you, <laughs> okay. Chris Myers. It's also right. Chris Myers, the former Pro Bowl center for the Houston Texans. Nice, jolly, bald guy. We love Chris. Uh, <laughs> there's Mike Myers, Austin Powers, Wayne's World. Seth okay. Myers of SNL, and now he has the the late night show. And he came and actually, he's a big Steelers fan. He was actually here for a, a oh. Houston Texans game way back in the okay. day. Uh, right. And I interviewed him. And the final one, the Oscar Meyer Wienermobile. So where do they rank? Where do you <laughs> shake out? What's the What's the top five? How's it go? Well, I'll start at the bottom. Oscar Meyer Wintermobile goes last because I was teased as a kid about that. And oh, so were my sorry. brothers. So, no, it's all right. It still, it still rings out. Uh, it, I think there was even something in a school yearbook about Chris Oscar Meyer, you know. Uh, so it's like, we'll, we'll go, we'll go, that's at five. We'll put Seth Meyer's four, okay. sports fan, comedian. So you always like people in Hollywood that are serious sports fans. Uh, I'm going to put, uh, no, is myself in this? I can't rank myself. Yeah, you're in there. Oh yeah, you're in there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. Well then I should, all right. I'll be, I'll just go right above Seth. That'll be, uh, and then, and then we're going to go with the other Chris Myers who okay. ironically, and I, when I've met him and talked to him through the years, uh, from the Texans, the center, uh, he's also from Miami. If you, if you, yeah, know. that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And our names are spelled exactly M Y E R S, right? The same. So people, if you Google somebody or they'll say, Hey, you played for the Texans. I'm like, no, no, different, uh, different Chris <laughs> Myers. So, uh, so we'll put it. And I'm Mike Myers. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think whether Austin powers, but a lot more is sure. Uh, I've never, I've never met him. That'd be somebody I'd, I'd, I'd like to be. Uh, but I, but I'll put them at the, at the at the top of the list so that uh, 
but I, I like, uh, I, that's a good point because myself, I think humor's very, I've always said this too, and I might've been a, a comedian or a stand-up comic if I wasn't in sports casting, uh, a sense of humor is important. So I always, I always like when there's, you know, entertainment people that are sports fans and vice versa. Oh yeah. It's the best. It's the best. You need to get, you need to get on that. You need to interview Mike Myers someday. He's, I know he's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I know. Yes. For big, a big, fact, yes. big, big Maple big, Leafs fan. So. Who's the guy, who's a guy from friends. I ran into him, interviewed him before. Um, the, on the TV show, he's a big hockey guy. Schwimmer so. or no, the other one. No, I've interviewed Schwimmer. He's a he's a sports fan Harry as well. or oh, the guy yeah, that, or Matt, Joey. Yes. Who's, yeah. who's the who's the who's the, yeah? I think it was Perry. I'm, uh, I'm gonna have uh, to like Starks edit this out because my wife will and all of her friends would yeah, and I used to, I used to for not knowing friends, he, but I just don't know friends. I don't. Uh, he recently wrote a book, and he's like, I, I yeah, he's reading that. that book. Oh my so, gosh, yeah, she's <laughs> actually reading that book. Really? Oh, yeah. I it's not it. Luke Gosh. Perry. Yeah. No, it's not. Is it Matthew somebody? Matthew I, Perry. That's who it is. Matthew Perry. That there you go. Matthew Perry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was another hockey fan. You just triggered a thought. But it, Billy Crystal was one of my favorites, too. The interview would spend time oh, with yeah. being a sports fan back in the days when he was hosting the Oscars. So, and then, sure. yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting entertainment. Darius Rucker is another one. Got to hang yeah. Out yeah. Big, uh, who, uh, you know, has gone on to a country fame. And, that's and a guy with a that. career arc right there. I mean, that, yeah. wow. Giant that's in the, two different two different levels. Well, hey, I, I always appreciate the time. I know how busy you are, but we can't wait to see you in Houston. It was fun catching up with you in Jacksonville right before the game and hope I see you Sunday uh, before this one. And thank you very much for the yeah. time. For no, no, my plan. And I love the Myers list. Very creative. Uh, good luck <laughs> to the Texas. And we'll see, we'll see you in Houston. Thanks, Drew. Yes, sir. Take care. Such a good sport. Really, really fun to have Chris on. I hope he calls another game of ours because I'm going to bug him again and uh, ask him some more weird questions and, and take him down a rabbit hole or two or three or four or five. So, Chris, if you're listening, you're the man. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you uh, review, tweet at me, at Doherty Drew. Let me know what you think. And we appreciate you checking out this podcast. So long.